Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6. It says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught and you will overflow with thanksgiving or thankfulness. Thankfulness. I'll get it a third time. So what do we get from the scripture there? One, one. When we follow Jesus, it says we must continue to follow him. So there's a choice involved. Following Jesus is not a a one-and-done kind of thing. Salvation can mark this beautiful moment in our lives where we come to the belief, we come to the realization that there is a Lord in heaven who knows our name. He cares about us. He knows every hair on our head. Some of us make that easier for him than others. But that is a terrific moment in our lives. And some of y'all need to engage a little bit quicker. (laughs) Amen, amen, come on. We're supposed to be filled with joy. But we've got a choice. Once we move past salvation, we've got a choice to continue to follow him. Which tells us two things. One, that we have to pursue him. And two, that he's not standing still. He he has some plan and purpose in our life that he is leading us into. And if we will be obedient and diligent enough to follow him and see where it leads, we know that Jeremiah 29, 11 says it leads us to good. His plan is to good and to prosper us and not to harm us. But there is a choice to take in following him. And then it says, let our roots grow down into him. I like that because we've done a little bit of farming, and I know how important roots are to the plant that's above it. And, and if you think about a tree, there, there's this saying that says that, that as big as the tree is above the ground is as big as the roots are underneath the ground. And so, and so when you're looking at a tree, you're only really seeing half of the organic matter in that tree. The other half is, is underneath the ground, seeking out the nutrients, the life, the energy from the ground, much as in our lives, the same roots of our lives ought to be planted and rooted in Christ Jesus where we get all the nutrients and life and energy for us to live. And the half of us that people see ought to be reflected of the other half that is rooted in him. And then it says, then your faith will grow strong, praise God. And you will overflow with thankfulness. So the other thing that we get from this is thankfulness ought to be one of those things that that when we look at people and we see a thankful person, we ought to be able to go, I bet they love the Lord. I bet they've grown in their faith. I bet they've walked with him a long time. Those roots are deep. Because there's a maturity in the spirit. There's a maturity in the understanding of what Christ has done for us and how he leads us in life, how he watches over us and protects us, how he provides for us, that that regardless of the circumstances and situations, we can still be thankful. 
Now, we're coming up this week to the wonderful, festive holiday of Thanksgiving. And uh, in good fashion this, this week at work, um, one of the departments had their Thanksgiving dinner. And we, our department, our group, happened to get invited to that. Um, I work for a small group. There's four of us in, in our group. Um, so we got invited over to, to enjoy with them the Thanksgiving dinner that they were sharing. And, um, and we had a good time. Um, and I declared before we ate that it would be the first overeating of the season. <laughs> and, and I'm looking forward to some more overeating. Um, Shouldn't, but I mean, it's just that time of year, you know. Um, but I'm excited because in a few minutes, when when we share the word and we plant some seeds in your soul this morning, and hopefully those things take root, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a short intermission, go through a few minutes of chaos in the room here, um, while hopefully everyone is is socializing and visiting, and we're gonna set this place up. Or we're gonna have tables in here, invite everyone to come back in to have a family dinner. For the Well family this morning. So, so we want to invite you just to enjoy that and enjoy the second overeating opportunity anyway of my season, maybe the first for you. But I like Thanksgiving because there's a lot of tradition around it as well. Um, you know, we can go all the way back to the pilgrims and the first Thanksgiving and, and try to imagine what that was like. And I imagine it's quite a bit different from today. But one of the things we carry over is that we gather around a table and, and we gather around the table with our loved ones, and, and we gather around for the, for the express reason of remembering and being thankful in the moment for the blessings that we've had throughout the year, and how, you know, despite what the oncoming winter might look like, and despite all the challenges of the day, that, that the harvest has been bountiful, we're surrounded with love, and that, and that we can take a time out just to remember and be thankful. And the thing that really contrasts that and the thing that really stood out to me is that while that's a great tradition and we can, we can go around the table and ask everyone what they're thankful for, is that I know that, that for myself and many others, we don't live day to day in that same spirit of thankfulness. And so, so I look at that and I go, okay, well, why is that? And, and the scripture would tell us, well, part of it is, is where our faith is at. Part of it is, is how we deal with circumstances and things every day and how we walk that out. And that, and that also is, is maybe a terrific sign in that hopefully we're growing in that, right? Cer- certainly you, you go through a tough moment and you're like, yeah, I was really a sourpuss in that, right? And that ought to be a sign to you that there's opportunity for growth. Now, why is it that we can't walk with this sense of gratitude? Psalms 92 says it's good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. And we did that this morning, praise God. Psalms 100, verses 4 and 5 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Like, when you, when you come in, when you hit the door, you ought to... You ought to know that coming into the presence of the Lord, that, that he, he, I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine like in the physical. Can you just go on this journey with me just a minute? Imagine like 
I, I can't even say kind of the era. I want to say the, like the Stone Age or something like that, but whatever. Anyways, medieval times, you walk into the gates of a castle, right? And you can probably go all the way back to, to camps in Israel and walking into the gates of Jerusalem too. But as soon as you're in the gates of Jerusalem, who is protecting you, right? It, it's the people. There, there is protection in place inside the gates, there is provision inside the gates. The, the lamps on the street get lit every night, right? There's, there's fresh water that's brought in, right? Food is brought in. Provision is brought in. And so I think about entering the presence of the Lord and how there's protection in his presence, how there's provision in his presence, and how when we come to realize that and we really grasp hold of that, and we learn to walk daily in his presence. We walk daily in that protection, daily in that provision, daily in that, in that uh, knowing that, that, that he is there in our presence watching over us. Amen? So it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. Amen. His unfailing love continues forever. Praise God. There's never, never an ending to it. There's no limits to it. We were singing that song this morning, um, and it says, The bowels of hell, uh, someone help me with the lyrics, shake or tremble. The bowels of hell begin to shake. And yeah, there was another one in there. I can't think of it right now. But the point is that if we could see that, it would strengthen our faith, right? If we knew when we prayed that somehow not only was heaven moved, but hell began to shake, if we could see the enemy's grip on our lives, the enemy's grip on our community, the enemy's grip on our country, the enemy's grip on this world begin to, to be stretched and strained because of our prayers, man, how much more would we press into that? And because we can't see it with our eyes, it makes it, makes it hard to really grasp that. But if we can somehow, with our spiritual eyes, with, with everything that is within us, with the spirit man that's in us, if we can really grasp hold of that and really um, engage in that, man, how much more? How much more would we challenge every circumstance and situation in our lives? Amen. All right, let me get back to this. So Christ alone gives us countless reasons to be thankful. How many of y'all are thankful you have Christ in your life? Amen. Amen. He knows every need before we ask and loves us more than we can comprehend. Chronicles 16.34 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. 
And then this, this, one is, this one is a good one right here. This is the one everyone likes to hear. 1 Thessalonians 5. I think it's verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Now that's, that's a tough one. Give thanks in all circumstances. It didn't say for all circumstances. It just said in all circumstances. We're not, we're, not, we're not guaranteed that we're not going to walk through tough seasons and we're not going to have to go through dry valleys and we're not going to have to climb steep mountains and we're not going to have to fight with a, with a Karen somewhere out there that says we parked too close to their car or that we're over the line <laughs> or that we grab... No, not that Karen. <laughs> not that Karen. <laughs> got myself in trouble again but it says to give thanks in all circumstances and you can't help but think about Paul writing from prison in some of the letters where, where he's writing from prison and he says I give thanks to you always I give thanks because of the word I hear about you and, and in the midst of what was I'm sure a very uncomfortable, difficult, adjective, 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 situation that Paul is still able to give thanks to the Lord. And why is he able to do that? Because he knows whose hand he's in. He knows who ultimately is in charge of his life. And he has petitioned heaven to to change circumstances and to make things move. Don't you know that round about midnight when they were singing praises to the Lord and the chains broke off and, and the locks broke off the door and the doors broke off the hinges and everything opened up? Paul wasn't anxious. He didn't say, here's our chance to run. He said, thank you, Lord. And you know what? I find it very interesting that when the guard came in and the guard said, oh, no, I had one job, right? And now it's all falling apart that who was the one to comfort him? But the one that was locked up in prison, the one who should have had the worst attitude in the place, right? And he was the one that comforted the jailer. But as we look at the scriptures, the list of scriptures to being thankful goes on and on and on. Um, I read a couple things here I thought was interesting. One said that it's difficult to number, right? Because we like to go and we like to say, okay, how many times did it, use this word, or how many times does the Bible, how many scriptures are about this topic, or whatever. And thankfulness is one of those that, that there's some disagreement on how many scriptures and times it says thankful, thankfulness, or to give thanks, or things like that. Because there's, in the Old Testament, this whole idea of giving thanks didn't really exist. It's a New Testament concept, believe it or not. Now, in the English translations, I think you'll find it throughout. But, but if you look back at the original Greek words and things, it wasn't, isn't a word-for-word translation. So I thought that was interesting. Now, there's some other people that say there's about 120 mentions of giving thanks or gratitude or thankfulness. And so it's, it's throughout the Bible in different contexts. But like the ten lepers and like our lives, I know that situations, circumstances come up, and we can get sour. Um, 
You know, Becky, I had one of those moments yesterday. Um, I was working on Sophie's car, and things weren't going well. Tools went flying. Words were said. I repented. Later, once I cooled off, and then I had to go to the store to replace the tool I broke. And Brian came over for a little while, and he helped me out there. And, um, and the interesting thing was is that when we, we figured it out, it came apart really easy. It wasn't obvious, but it was easy once we figured it out. But I know that, that I go in and out of these streams of thankfulness. And a lot of that has to do with circumstances and situations and how we deal with those things. And much like the ten lepers, even when something good happens, sometimes that, that thankfulness is in the wrong place. And like these lepers, there was one that returned to Jesus to give him thanks. The other nine just disappeared. And I wonder as we look at the Bible, we look at the text and how it reflects our lives and our attitudes and those kind of things, I wonder if that's not a signal that like maybe like one out of ten times, right? We're truly getting the thankfulness part right. We, we ought to strive and endeavor to do better than that. And if, and if the word is true and we, we let those roots go deep and we overflow with that thankfulness, it ought to come more and more and it ought to come easier and easier. But in my, reason, in my reading and my study this week, there's four reasons why people struggle to live day to day in that, in that spirit of thankfulness. So the first one is, and this is especially true in the U.S., we're spoiled. Let me just help you all out. You're all spoiled, okay? Every single one of you. And I mean that with love. It's kind of one of those sayings like, bless their heart, that you can just kind of say whatever, and then you can, you know, temper it with that. But it is. We, we are absolutely spoiled in this country. It's, it's the rich, richest nation in the world, by far. And, and we are blessed. How many of y'all had electricity on in your house this morning? How many of y'all had a warm house? How many of y'all drove in a nice car that has air conditioning and heat in the car? That all the windows are mostly intact? I have to say that because Becky's windshield is cracked right now. Right? And it doesn't take very long. You just start looking at world news and you can see people in different areas and different cultures and, and things you know, are not, don't live with the same comforts and the same convenience that we do here. I mean, we get to go on our phone, right? Hit the button, and Walmart sends us a text an hour later and says, your groceries are ready. And then when we get there, right, we just hit the button, the trunk opens by itself, right? We didn't even got to get out of our seat, right? We just roll the window down like an inch to go, yeah, just put it in the back. It's cold out. Zip. Roll it back up. Right? And they put it all in there, and we get home. Right? And the tomato that we wanted, right, that we're going to use in our salad is bruised. And we're like, I can't believe that I have a bruised tomato. Where's the number for Walmart? I'm calling them right now. 
where we go through the drive-through at Starbucks and we get our salted caramel latte and it didn't get the pattern right on the whipped cream on top and you're like, oh, it's not like the last time. <laughs> yeah, some of y'all are like, yeah, that's me. I've been there. Hey, man. You see, we're, we're spoiled. We live in a time when, when we've got these wonderful, comfortable, air-conditioned houses, and we got the comfy couch, and we can sit on the comfy couch with our feet up on the table, and we can have our snack right there and just eat our bonbons or whatever it is we're snacking on, right? And then when the commercial comes on, you're like, oh, come on, you know? And the problem is not that we're blessed because we're blessed abundantly. The problem is, in all of that blessing, there's comparison, right? And we start to look at the next person, and we start to look at these inflated expectations we have, and we lose sight of the fact that we are blessed incredibly, and we start to find even the little things and be grumpy about those little things. And I got to thinking about this this morning, and I bet if we go back two generations, if we go to our grandparents and think about how our grandparents lived, even not, not just the U.S., but, but just like this generation and, and maybe our parents' generations, but not even our parents. Our parents had to go across the room to change the channel. How many of y'all have ever walked up to the TV and changed the channel? Yeah, a few of you. But, but right now, today, as we live, we are so spoiled, and yet we can still find room to be grumpy and to be be upset at trivial things that shouldn't really matter. And we lose sight of the blessing and the thankfulness that we ought to live in. So number two, circumstances. How many of y'all will go through some circumstances? Good, bad, and otherwise. So now there's, there's really two kinds of circumstances we walk through. One is just life, right? We want to go to the dentist to take care of that pain in our tooth, right? We, we know that there's going to be some noise that we can hear inside our head that doesn't come out in the room that sounds horrible. And it's, it's terrible, and some of us are just like, just knock me out. There's nothing I need to remember about today other than, you know, the thank you on the way out the door. And sometimes things happen in life. Car accidents happen, right? We got to pay our bills, and those can be stressful things, and we can move from being thankful that we have the opportunity to pay the light bill to keep the heat on so we can sit on our couch and put our feet up, and we can be like, it goes up all the time, right? And, we, and, and just circumstances like that can just come against us, and we can, we can blame it on the devil, right? The devil's really testing my patience. Well, maybe he is, but I don't think patience is what he's after. The devil's not going to come to you to try your patience. He might try you about your identity and your purpose. He might try you about your faith and your beliefs. I don't think he's coming at you with patience. I think sometimes things just happen in a complex, busy world and a busy lifestyle. Sometimes things just happen and we got to deal with it. And whether it's the devil or whether the Lord is trying your patience, right? How many of y'all know that the Lord will test you in areas that he needs to grow you? Amen? 
But whether it's the devil or whether it's the Lord, the answer is the same. And the answer is to go to him. The answer is to seek him. The answer is to draw close to him. Because whether the enemy is on you, whether it's just a challenging situation, or whether the Lord is trying you and trying to grow you, the answer is still him. And then the other circumstance has to do with our choices. Choices have consequences. Becky tells me this all the time. <laughs> Usually right before I apologize. But our choices have consequences. We can't sit on our couch with our feet up, watch TV, eating our bonbons, and expect to be fit and strong, right, and go run that marathon, right? So our choices have consequences. And when there's big decisions in our life, and we're not consulting the Lord and gaining his wisdom in that, or if we're not listening, or if we, go, if we decide that, you know what, I think I heard from you, Lord, but I still think this is better, right? How many times does that, that cause us to, to walk into that wonderful, um, gracious feeling of regret, right? Like if I'd only listened, if I'd only grabbed my keys this morning like he told me to, I wouldn't be making this 30-mile round-trip drive to go get them, right? And that's a little thing. But we've got to learn to, to walk with him. We've got to learn to recognize his voice. We've got to learn that, that he is with us even in the little things. But sometimes when we don't seek him, when we don't listen to him, when we're not obedient to his word in our lives, and we want to go it our way, I mean, Burger King's great at having it your way. The Lord isn't. And this world, this world is not interested in keeping you strong and healthy. It is not. It is interested in taking advantage of you at every turn. If you don't believe it, just turn on the news, look at the ads. They're going to convince you that, that you need every gadget and gizmo is going to help you and be this miracle cure for everything you're going through. Karen's laughing because she saw an infomercial this morning probably. So whether the circumstances is, is just life presenting itself, whether, whether it's something that, that we chose and got ourselves into, or whether it's the Lord working in our lives, circumstances happen, and it's hard to be thankful in those rough seasons. Philippians 4.6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Everything in prayer. Tell God what you need. And thank him for all he's done. See, we, we've got to get to the place where despite our circumstances, despite what we see around us with our, with our eyes, we've got to learn that we can trust on the faithfulness of the faithfulness of the Lord, not the faithfulness of the lips. You see, we, we, we've got to go to him with, with every need and, and, and every circumstance and really seek his wisdom. And I'll be the first to admit that, that even in doing that, you don't always get a clear answer. Sometimes you've got to do the best you can do, and while seeking him, believe that he is going to bless what you do. 
Amen. Thank you, sister. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Now, there ain't nothing like going through a circumstance and knowing that you're in the hand of God, knowing that he is with you and that whatever circumstance you're walking through, whatever situation you're in or whatever, that, that the Lord is with you, he has affirmed it in you, and you are comforted by his presence. And it doesn't matter. You think about Paul walking out on the water, going to the Lord. He wasn't concerned that the storm was raging. He wasn't concerned that, that he might drown. All he knew was to go to Jesus. And he knew that Jesus had him. Jesus wasn't going to let him slip. Jesus reached down his hand and lifted him back up out of that water. And that's the faithfulness of the Lord. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. How many of y'all know there's still mystery in the Lord? There is so much God that, that it will take our entire life just to scratch the surface. Uh, and I believe that he desires for us to seek him. He desires for us to press into him. He desires to reveal himself to us. And it brings him joy to go, oh, oh, this one right here, this is some good soil. These roots are growing deep. And look at the life that's coming up out of them. I just believe the Lord just wants that, and it just warms his heart. So one, we're spoiled. Two, we got to deal with circumstances. Three, we're ungrateful because of pride. You know, we like, we like to, to look at a job we did, right, and said, I did a good job on that. Look, look at everything I've done, right? I deserve that promotion at work. I got a raise. They owed that to me. And at some level, yeah, you, you, you need to get rewarded for your work, right? There, there, is, a, there is a fair exchange for, for your effort and your skills and that kind of stuff. And you, you ought to be paid as a, as a way of saying thank you and a way of rewarding you and, and, and being a part of, of whatever organization that is. You know, you think about work in these things. And, like, you go to work and go, you know what, today, guys, this freebie on me, right? They're going to be pleased. We're like, all right, you know, we can, we can afford to have that turkey dinner this year. But in reality, we trade our time and our effort, right, for that value. And there is something fair about that. But at the same time, we've got to recognize that we probably have jobs, some of us, that we don't deserve. Some of us have, have walked through doors of opportunity and landed in a place that we would not have chosen to, got to get to, chosen to get to. Or got to, however you want to say that. We wouldn't have chosen to get there. We, we aren't qualified to be there. And if it had not been for the hand of the Lord making a way and knocking down those barriers and opening those doors, that we would have never arrived to where we are. And so, yeah, while you can go to day to day and say, I did a good job, I deserve this or whatever, but thanks be to God. Because I wouldn't be here and have the opportunity to bless others with my skills and my talents like I have if it had not been for him. Oh, and by the way, where did all those skills and talents come from? The word says the Lord knitted you together. He took care for every detail. He knew every stitch. Cindy, Cindy's not here today. Cindy's my knitter. And, and she, she makes scarves and sweaters and hats and all kinds of things. But you know, she does it one stitch at a time. One stitch at a time. And that's the way the Lord is with us. He does this one stitch at a time. I want them to have a little more sense of humor. i got to put a few more loose stitches in here, right? I want her to be good with their finances. We're going to tighten them up over here. 
All right, I want him to have a cool head. I'm going to use some blue thread in this area, right? Well, I need this one to be super passionate. Let's put some red threads in there. And the Lord gives us those talents and abilities. And I believe that, that there's, there's even greater measure of talents and skills that he wants to pour out on us that we have yet to discover. And I think as we grow in him, as our faith grows in him, as we begin to dig into the word, that we're going to find revelation in things, that it's going to spark some interest in our lives, that, that we're going to grow in those skills and talents as he unveils them to us. So we can't let our pride get in the way. Psalms 10.4 says, In his pride, the wicked one doesn't seek God. In all his thoughts, there's no room for him. Pride turns yourself on yourself. You fill up your cup with you, and there's no room for God to be in it. So we've got to be able to humble ourselves and recognize how God has blessed us in our lives, how he carries us through those tough seasons, how every skill and talent and ability, everything we've achieved, God had some part in. I can't help but think about Becky right now. Not really about Becky, but about the fact that she's my wife and how God arranged this union and how she loved me through some very difficult times, including yesterday. And, and how she's my helpmate. And, and, and when I'm hurting and when I'm stressed and when things are not going well at work or they just feel overwhelming, Becky's the first one to come in and say, well, let's pray. Let me, what can I take off your plate? How can I support you? What can I do to take some of that stress out? And I thank God for that. But I know that God's hand was in it. God's hand was in it. So we've got to keep pride tamped down. We've got to keep pride at the right level. Yes, we need to be proud and we need to take pride in things. But we need to know that that the Lord is first. All right, then number four, it's the last one here. Number four, the reason that we can't be thankful is because of the people that we choose to have around us. We've said this, I think, like three weeks in a row now. You become what you behold. And if your friends are grumblers and complainers, you know what? That's going to start rubbing off on you, and you're going to be a grumbler and a complainer. She's not in here. I could do this. So you think about how people rub off on you. Brittany, she's from Missouri, grew up in Missouri. And I don't know if it's a Missouri thing. But when I talk about yesterday, I say yesterday. Brittany says yesterday. Not today, but yesterday. And it just tickles me. But don't you know that there was a time when I slipped up and I said, hey, did you see that thing yesterday? (laughs) And I'm like, I've been spending too much time with Brittany. But the people around us do affect our attitude. I mean, if we surround ourselves with, with, I mean, let's be honest. Most of us need to go find some new friends that are good, faithful Christian brothers and sisters who are fitness freaks, (laughs) right? Good with their money. 
right? Gracious, loving. And then we need to surround ourselves with those people. But at the same time, we also need to be those people for other people. And we need to do our part to lift up our brothers and sisters and be a good example for our brothers and sisters, for our children, for our neighbors. So stand with me. Let's close. So I want to encourage you this morning to let your roots grow down into him. Let your lives be built on him. It says, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, in a few minutes, right after a moment of chaos here, at the end of service, we're going to sit down and share a bountiful meal together. And what a terrific opportunity is just to take a minute, just to take a pause and recognize how blessed the moment is. You know, Becky has this other saying. She says, many hands make light work. And this morning, many hands have been, been, been preparing portions of the meal. And I can tell you that the ham and the turkey I mean, so much so that I thought last night I should, like, put a post out that just said, nom, nom, mmm, nom, nom, nom. <laughs> but I'm thankful that we have a, a full room here today. I'm thankful that y'all made it out through the slippery streets and the cold and, and all of the other reasons not to come. Because I, I believe that, that even if it's just for today, and I hope it's not, but the bit of life that we share as we cross paths is an opportunity for me to bless you and you to bless me. So I'm thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful for all the hard work and effort that's gone into all of the delicious, wonderful food that we're going to eat. I'm thankful that we can overeat today and we can find that fitness friend tomorrow, right? But most of all today, I just want you to be thankful for Jesus. His love towards you is indescribable. The word says that, that God is infinite. And so if he thinks about you even a little bit, a little bit times infinite is infinite. You are always on his mind. He is always thinking about you. 
There's never a moment that you leave his thoughts. So let's be thankful in the Lord today. And if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, if you don't have that relationship with him, today is a great time to start. It's as easy as recognizing and accepting and believing that you fall short of God's righteous standards. Welcome to the club. And that to get into right standing with him, you simply have to receive a gracious gift from the Lord of salvation. And what that really means is that that you make the choice to turn from those ways that would separate you from God and you begin to pursue him. You begin to follow him. You begin to let those roots grow deep in him. And it's that easy. And that first seed of righteousness, God has promised to put in your soul. And even sends the Holy Spirit to come and take care of that seed. And it's that easy. And I also recognize today that some of you might be in challenging circumstances. And if you need someone to agree with you in prayer today, we want to make that opportunity available. Because we believe, as the song said, that when we begin to pray, the bowels of hell shake. If the enemy is on you, his grip begins to get loosened. And when we get God's attention and turn it towards that circumstance, there's an infinite, awe-inspiring God that wants to move on your behalf. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.